Canes fans, we just got another one. Welcome to the U, Ray Ray Joseph. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. The momentum, guys, is real. Didn't we talk about this Sunday after the Jaden Rashada commitment dropped that it was going to become a snowball that turns very quickly into an avalanche. And we saw the first bit of that picking up steam, picking up momentum on Tuesday night around 6 p.m. as predicted here, not only by me, but by a lot of others. I wish like somebody on Twitter tried to give me credit for predicting Ray Ray Joseph to Miami. I wish I or I alone could take credit for that. But the signs were definitely there in recent days that Ray Ray, Ray Ray was going to commit to the U, but that momentum is starting. Uh, we've got big days coming up. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about July 1st, which is going to be a, a handful of big-time announcements from guys that Miami is chasing in that class of 2023. But, man, we are balling. We are crystal balling right now in recruiting. So, yeah, last night, in case you missed it, I don't know where you've been, Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph. Four-star, class of 2023, wide receiver out of Miami Edison Senior High. So you know who coaches him at Edison? Uncle Luke, who I, I know he's – Uncle Luke is I, – I like him personally. I know he's like one of the most polarizing figures among Canes fans. But listen, you got to at least give Uncle Luke some credit for coaching up Ray Ray. And uh, you, you would think he must have put in a good word in Ray Ray's ear for Miami. So, yeah, let, let's learn more about Ray Ray Joseph. Ray Ray, some of the most entertaining film, by the way, that you can find for any player in the class of 2023, regardless of position. We talk sometimes about rabbit holes, right? You know, we all went down the Jaden Rashada rabbit hole where you just watch YouTube video after video. You just let them ride, right, where the next one starts and the one after that starts. Uh, if you do the same thing with Ray Ray Joseph, I promise you, you're going to be entertained. Not only is Ray Ray quick, He's an excellent route runner. That's one of his big-time strengths. Really good hands. Um, but I think the thing that stands out most about Ray Ray Joseph, when you watch his footage and his highlight reel, what really pops is this guy is nearly impossible to tackle. <laughs> like, it, it's unbelievable. He's got, yeah, a low center of gravity at five foot eight, slot receiver. Uh, but he, guys, he bounces off tacklers like a pinball, and his acceleration is unbelievable. He's able to lower his body. His balance is fantastic. Just when you think you have Ray Ray Joseph wrapped up, nah. He's bouncing through those tackles, and he's taking it to the house. I think there's definitely, you know, for those who are old enough to remember, you know, about 15 years ago watching the Canes, I think there's definitely a comparison to be made between Ray Ray Joseph and former Hurricanes wide receiver Roscoe Parrish, the attributes, the body types, all that stuff. And yeah, to kind of even put him more into a comparison with Roscoe Parrish, Ray Ray is also an excellent kick and punt returner. 
Um, he's got a really good catch radius despite his size or lack thereof. Uh, and something else about Ray Ray that I think is going to be important is he's one of these playmaker types where he doesn't just impact your offense by catching passes. You can line him up in the backfield for jet sweeps. He can make plays for your offense in a number of different ways. And folks, this is this is a full on blue chipper. OK, and. Uh, it's funny, man. I don't want to. I don't want to call anybody out, um, you know, because I'm. I'm also. I'm not obsessive enough to like save the receipts on everybody that I interact with on social media. But guys, less than two weeks ago, when I'm all over Kane's Twitter, and by the way, make sure you follow our show at Locked On Canes. We will follow you back, but follow us at Locked On Canes. Uh, as recently as like 12, 11 days ago. I start to see people tweeting at us or just tweeting amongst themselves, asking me and asking other people who cover Miami, hey, is, is it time to start worrying a little bit about recruiting? Because we just keep nabbing three stars. Like, why are we? And first of all, some of these three stars, I think, are underrated. I, I think that um, Emery Williams, the three-star quarterback, and I know he's kind of feels like unfair to him but he kind of feels like back page news because Miami gets Jaden Rashad a few days later but Emory Williams I think can be developed into something better than a three-star in fact he's still got one more high school season to play this guy was discovered late he might end up being considered a four-star by the time he actually finishes playing high school ball I would say the same thing about the three-star tight ends that Miami got last week Reed McKeska and Jackson Carver uh, especially McKeska with the girth to go along with his height. He looks like he could suit up and play major power five football right now. The guy's absolutely built. He's like six, five and a half, 245 pounds. Uh, like he looks, he looks at 17 years old. He's already got like a 19, 20 year old, been in the weight room for a couple of years type of physique. Uh, but yeah, uh, up until, you know, before the Jaden Rashad Domino fell, and now the Ray Ray Joseph domino falls. Like I actually saw people concerned, like, man, Miami, they keep getting all these three stars. How is this different from what we were doing before? At what point do we start to kind of wonder about what Mario Cristobal is doing? Well, okay, the four stars have started to fall into place. And folks, Miami's going to get, I think, a couple five stars in this class, bona fide five stars. Jaden Rashad is very close. He's like a decimal of a percentage point behind being considered a five star according to 24 seven. Like he's right there. I do think that there are five stars that are well within Miami's grasp. One of those at wide receiver who we're going to talk about to go along with the, with the Ray Ray Joseph commit. But I think anybody who was like starting to wonder at what point do I start getting worried about Cristobal's first full recruiting class? Don't worry. Don't worry your pretty little brain about it, okay? Because the avalanche is coming, man. The avalanche has already started. By the time that gets to the foot of the mountain, it's going to be a really big avalanche. I don't know if there's a term for that. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to cover entire villages with snow is how big that avalanche is going to be. And yeah, Ray Ray Joseph, another four-star who could have five-star type talent to be unlocked at the next level. Um uh, and, and we got we got a YouTube comment last night after this commitment dropped. Uh, I love this Ray Ray Joseph commit. They said to me, this guy is even better than Jalen Brown. Well, guess what, YouTuber? We'll probably end up with both Ray Ray and Jalen Brown because 
Jalen Brown, he's very strongly trending right now to the University of Miami. So, okay, uh, for those who like to keep tabs on what is the class ranked, how does Miami's 2023 class compare to the rest of the country, um, our, our friend Alan Rubenstein at caneswarning.com, uh, he actually, he, he was teaching me about how, like, you can do like a, a, a calculator that they have on uh, 24-7, where even before a commit drops, you can like put him in a little computer and figure out what the class is going to be. So there's a couple more things we can look into for the coming days. But after this Ray Ray Joseph commit, it moves Miami now into a top 25 recruiting class for the class of 2023. So before Jaden Rashada dropped, Miami had the 44th class. Right after Jaden Rashada, they moved up to 33, or I, I guess to 36, actually. And now they've moved into the top 25. Uh, Ray Ray Joseph, his specific recruiting ranking, he's the 105th ranked overall player in the class of 2023, the 16th ranked wide receiver, 22nd ranked overall player from the state of Florida. And so, yeah, now you've got Jaden Rashada, Ray Ray Joseph, and if you look at the possibilities here for the wide receiver class in 2023, you know, I mentioned uh, Jalen Brown potentially coming. I feel pretty good about that one. You've already got Robbie Washington and Ray Ray Joseph locked in. So you talk about in the same recruiting class, folks, let's just hope that, you know, these guys all commit and they stick with it because they don't sign their national letters of intent until December or even February if they want to wait that long. Um, but if you consider... Robbie Washington, Ray Ray Joseph, probably Jalen Brown, and then the tight ends. You've already got Reed McKeska, Jackson Carver, and more than likely Riley Williams is going to be added into that mix. Miami's crushing it. When it comes to pass catchers, Miami is absolutely crushing it. Quarterbacks, they're crushing it. Pass catchers, they're crushing it. I think we're going to end up seeing some very good offensive linemen. One of the five stars Miami lands could very well be at the O-line position. You're going to see some very good offensive linemen coming in. Um, you know, they're they're crushing it in running back recruiting. They're going to keep there. they got a great running back room. I think they're going to be crushing it in running back recruiting. Defensive secondary, you might end up having a five-star corner committing in the coming weeks. So we'll get into some more recruiting notes on the other side. But we also, folks, we have to get into the new ACC schedule format. I like it, and I also don't like it, and I will explain what I mean after I tell you about Rock Auto. Now, Rock Auto, I love everything about them. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now really impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, hey, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I, I don't know. And then you wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. Well... You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home or even in your pocket because the smartphone version of the site works great as well. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or a car dealership instead of using Rock Auto? For example, if you need a fuel pump for that Honda Odyssey, you're going to pay, folks, $353 at a chain store compared to only $216 for the same part at rockauto.com. Why would you not save that money, guys? I mean, it is a rough economy right now. Rock Auto is doing you a solid. They have everything you could need. 
brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Canes in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Yeah, we're available free wherever you get your podcast. So a couple of other uh, important recruiting notes, okay? I talked about possibilities of, of five stars. One of those five stars that we're going to be looking at in the coming weeks, I don't believe he has an announcement date set. Uh, you guys in the comments, correct me if I'm wrong about that, but I haven't seen an announcement date set for this player. But it's looking like five-star Cormani McLean, top cornerback in the entire class, Okay one of the best players in the class, period, best at his position. He visited Miami Legends Camp weekend. Uh, it could come down between Alabama and Miami for Kermani McLean, from what I understand, that Bama or Miami could end up being his, really his final two, okay? Obviously, that's very good company to be in, and I hope he comes to the U. Um, now, remember... Friday is a really important day. We will have two more episodes, you know, the rest of the week. So let's not, hey, we're not signing off for the week or anything. But uh, so we'll talk about this again, I'm sure, uh, tomorrow and Friday. But Friday is going to be a big day. Uh, at least three of Miami's top targets for the class of 2023 will be announcing their verbal commitments on Friday. That's July 1st. Defensive end Jackson Howard is announcing Friday. We definitely have a shot. Uh, I was told that it may be 50-50 for Jackson Howard to Miami. I think LSU is probably the other team to watch there. Four-star, and he's already got that power five ready physique. Six foot four, 245 pounds as an edge rusher. Also plays tight end in high school, but Miami is recruiting him as, a, as an edge rusher. Um, so, yeah, this is this could be you know an immediate impact guy for whoever lands him. You know, another commitment that's going to be announced on Friday always brings a smile to my face when I talk about this player. Athlete, Collins Achampo. He's going to play defensive end in college. Four-star player, Southern California. The name of his high school escapes me, but hey, nobody cares. Southern California. Yeah. So Anaheim area, but he grew up in Ghana, moved over to uh, to the States, originally to play basketball because he's six foot seven. Gave football a try now late in his high school career. Um, I don't think anybody has recruited Collins Achampo harder than I have. <laughs> right? I mean, a lot of these players coming in, oh, you know, credit to Stephen Field, credit to Cristobal, Josh Gaddis, Alex Weirball. If Collins Achampo, if he picks Miami, I deserve some kind of credit for it. And I, I'm tongue-in-cheek here. I'm not that much of an egomaniac. But I, I've been singing the praises of Collins Achampo for literally months. I am his biggest fan. Uh, I'm starting to actually feel more and more optimistic about a Champo before his Friday announcement. I'm fingers crossed. I think Miami has a good shot at a Champo. Uh, like everybody else seemed to be, he was on campus legends camp weekend, just made an official visit, uh, just athletic phenomenon, six foot seven, very, very high ceiling. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where his floor is because he just started playing football, but this guy, I believe Miami has the coaches to turn him into something incredible, okay? Uh, another announcement coming down Friday. This one I feel very good about. Four-star tight end Riley Williams is going to announce. 
this one almost feels like a slam dunk. I say almost because uh, nearly 100% of the trends and predictions are coming in on Miami. So again, you think about Miami can land Riley Williams. You've already got Reed McKeska, Jackson Carver. Riley Williams is more highly touted than either of the two of those other guys. They're all very good. Tight end you. Tight end you. If you get Riley Williams as well, Stephen Field deserves a trophy of some kind, okay? So this is something everybody's been talking about this uh, since last night. The ACC is they're officially going to do away with divisions. No more Coastal, no more Atlantic. So I just, I want Miami to win the Coastal before they've been the Coastal. And we have won the Coastal before, one time outright, another time a share of the Coastal. But yeah, let's get the Coastal because this is going to happen in 2023. 2023, they're going to do away with divisions. So we have one more year in the ACC Coastal before they throw that format away. So let's win the Coastal in the final year. So um, before we get into, because there, there's a lot of layers to this, right? Because you're going to have three permanent opponents. And then the schedule is going to work out in a way where every ACC team will play every other conference team at their home field at least once every four years. So there is going to be some rotation. There's just no longer defined divisions, but you're going to have every team visit your home field at least once every four years. Um, there are long-term opponents for every team. Every ACC team was given three permanent opponents. You'll play this team every year, home one year away the next year, and so on. Um, very interesting who they chose for Miami. I'm not going to like complain about this so much because at the end of the day, you're all in the same conference. Just win all your games. Who cares who you play now? Yeah. Florida state is a permanent opponent. Of course, that was a no brainer, right? You get, you know, Florida state and Miami have been playing each other for many, many, many decades, every single year. You're obviously not going to put the kibosh on that in-state rivalry. So that was a no brainer, but beyond Florida state, when they started talking about doing this realignment and three permanent opponents deal, I had always thought Virginia Tech, I thought, was another no-brainer because, you know, those two teams used to battle it out in the Big East before they started battling out in the ACC, and they've been in the same division of the ACC, you know, for the past almost 20 years, 18 years since they got into the conference. So I thought Virginia Tech and Miami would be a no-brainer. That's not the way that they did it. Florida State, Boston College, and Louisville – are going to be Miami's three permanent opponents. Now, there is, there's also history with Boston College, of course, going back to the Big East days. And you definitely, decades ago, you had some Big East battles between Miami and BC, but they've been in opposite sides of the ACC. I don't really consider that. I mean, I don't know. I, it depends on who you talk to. Some people would consider Boston College a rival. I'm a little bit iffy on that, but I... Let me know in the comments if you feel like that. That's a good one. I mean, one thing, I'm being a little bit greedy here, but I don't like the idea of having to travel that far every two years because that that's a, you know, going to Boston is a much bigger road trip than going to Georgia or the Carolinas. So that's it's kind of a pain in the knee, but you're going to rack up more of those frequent flyer miles. But my theory is, you know, the TV networks, uh, ESPN is the ACC's partner. They're probably doing somersaults that Miami gets Boston College every year because they're going to play the crap out of that Hail Flutie highlight <laughs> every year when Miami Boston College play back in 1984 
you had the greatest Hail Mary in college football history, Doug Flutie. And I have to live through that painful highlight uh, time and time again. So, yeah, you got Boston College as a yearly schedule. Uh, Louisville, yeah, so no. Okay, geographically not that far. I had actually hoped, Florida State obviously, I had hoped the other two would be Virginia Tech because I do feel like that's a, a legit rivalry. And then I wanted the third one to actually be Georgia Tech. And I think it was our guy, Terrence, one of our viewers, was the one who sold me on this idea. Uh, forgive me if it was somebody else and I'm quoting the wrong uh, regular. But the cool thing about playing Georgia Tech every year is every two years you get to go into Atlanta and recruit. Because that's, you know, alongside South Florida, Texas, Southern California, like Atlanta is one of the richest recruiting grounds in the country. Certainly better than Boston. Like you're going to find a lot more blue chippers in Atlanta, Georgia than Boston, Massachusetts. So. I'm a little bit disappointed, but at the end of the day, guys, you get Florida State every year. You're in the same conference as 13 other teams. Just take care of business. Win your games. Win conference championships if you can, hopefully. Compete for national titles. You know, As long as Florida State's on the schedule every single year, I'm not going to complain too much about the other stuff. Um, you, know who, uh, you know who has a really tough draw for the yearly opponents? Florida State. Obviously, they play Miami every year, and I think Miami's building a monster down in Coral Gables. They also have to play Clemson every year. Florida State's three permanents are Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. So we'll see if Syracuse can ever get back to being really good consistently. But having to play Clemson and Miami every year, that's, that's not going to be fun for Florida State. So that, that was an interesting draw for them. And overall, you know, because I see a lot of people debating this. I like doing away with divisions. Just let the best two teams play each other in the championship game. Like if the two best teams were in the Atlantic division or the two best teams are in the coastal, like just the whole politics of the alignment, what they can't face each other in the ACC championship game, just because you have these imaginary lines drawn. It makes no sense. You play out the conference schedule, may the best two teams meet in the ACC championship game. I think that's the more fair model, and it's the more sensical model. So here we go. And that's the way the Big 12 has done it like this for years, where they don't have uh, they don't have divisions, just the, the best. And when I say the best two teams, the way that they define that is the top two conference records. So non-conference games don't count. So if, you know, if, God forbid, Miami loses to Texas A&M, that has nothing to do with the ACC championship game uh the top two conference winning percentages will face each other in the acc championship game and i i like it that way it's worked for the big 12 i think it's going to work for the acc as well want to answer some twitter questions when we come back including you guys's thoughts on this schedule and the controversy that comes with it some thoughts on ray ray joseph as well who let me reiterate huge get from miami and also, I don't think I mentioned this at the top. For those who maybe didn't follow his recruitment that closely, Ray Ray Joseph was a Clemson commit who decommitted from Clemson within the last couple of weeks. It looked like it was coming down between Louisville and Miami. And yeah, he ends up a hurricane and it feels very, very good. Keep it locked here to Locked on Canes. Guys, I want to remind you, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, 
And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Got a tweet from our pal Y.O. Canes who says, first on Ray Ray Joseph, Ray Ray Joseph, a massive get, explosive slot wide receiver who can take it to the house at any moment. Yes. If I would use, if you ask me, one word to describe Ray Ray Joseph, I think the best word to describe him is playmaker. This guy is a touchdown threat every time he touches the football, whether it be on an offensive snap or a special teams play or return, Ray Ray Joseph is a threat to take it to the end zone on any given play. Yes. Uh, Y.O. Kane also says, I wish they would have included Virginia Tech in the three annual opponents. The three are all from the Atlantic side. So uh, that's true. That's interesting. They're all, all three teams that Miami's going to face every year are all from the other side of the ACC. Uh, so he says it's nice to play some new teams more often. Yeah, because obviously Miami always plays Florida State, but very seldom – does Miami play Boston College these days? And uh, Louisville, it's, you know, once in a blue moon type of thing as well. Kane's legacy tweeted to us. As usual, the ACC screwed it up by not giving us Virginia Tech. It's one of the few real rivalries within the ACC that has historical significance going back to the Big East days. I'm sure FSU isn't happy either, but that's because they're guaranteed two losses every year from Clemson and from Miami. Well, guys, I've had an awesome time talking to everyone here on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And hey, get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked on take you across the ACC in 30 minutes or less. Make Locked on ACC your second listen, Locked on ACC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes.